My new book is out, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital. It hit the Wall Street Journal bestsellers list, and I just wanted to say thank you. I hope you get it at capitalistbook.com. Here's what user Jay Eggleston said in an Amazon review. Warning, this book is addicting, is Nathan the new Tim Ferriss. He said, I met Nathan during my college days when he was still CEO of Hale. I knew he was inspiration since the day I met him. The book is totally a Nathan Latka original, and this is the new four-hour work week. Warning, though, it is addicting. I'm not sure how long I've been reading it now, and the only thing that is making me from put it down is the dreaded workday tomorrow. Six people found that helpful. Get the book today at capitalistbook.com. Rise Vision launched in 1992, first with a partnership on Reuters. Today, over 6,000 customers paying 50 bucks a month, doing about 350 grand in monthly revenue. That's up 20, 30% year over year. So about 310,000 bucks per month in revenue just about a year ago. They're bootstrapped, which I love. Gross logo churn, 1.3% per month, 4% gross revenue churn per month. So they're churning higher value customers, but they are actively working on how to bring that down by getting their activation from time zero to, you know, it all activated in value, an aha moment in under five minutes. Payback period is about six months. Team of 35 based in all over the world, remote locations. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Byron Darlison. He's been an entrepreneur his entire life and is currently building a company called Rise Holdings. Upon leaving school in 1987, he focused on creating information management systems that led to the development of financial trading applications and a health record management product. Fast forward, he's now working on displays that are used in almost every setting imaginable, but his content focuses primarily on secondary and post-secondary education environments and financial trading labs. Byron, are you ready to take us to the top? I am. Thanks for having me. You bet. Okay. So for people that haven't heard of Rise Holdings before, tell us what the company does and what's your revenue model? How do you make money? Um, Actually, it's Rise Vision. I have a crazy email address for a really old reason. But anyways, Rise Vision does digital signage content management. And it's a freemium model that's been around for a while. It's in over, at this point, 125 countries. But our our forte, where we really specialize, is education. And uh, that's that's what we do. Yeah, we try to make it effortless for our, our education customers in particular by providing them their content as they would need it for every imaginable job that they have within their schools. Okay, so this is you walk into an, an elementary school, you in the main lobby, you see screens on the wall that says, here's the events today, you know, here's a holiday coming up next week. Don't exactly. forget that kind of stuff. Exactly. And are and you... Many universities, uh, we also, we are a big provider of financial trading labs. So basically there are many financial floors in universities and they train business, business students to come out of there to, to move into the financial sector. And what would you say your kind of core value proposition is? Is there a hardware component here or is it just software? The school buys the TVs. So traditionally we did the whole thing. 
And that was the overwhelming chunk of our business. It was a one-time service. But over the last uh, about five years, we've been really focused on our SaaS offering. And now it's about 65% of our gross revenues. Oh, great. Okay. Put this on a timeline for us. When was your one? <laughs> Uh, 1992. 92. Holy Byron, you're aging yourself hey, here. Were you Were you born then? I was going to say I was a the ripe age of three at the time. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay great. So, that's great. <laughs> and it's almost like when I when I study SaaS CEOs and you hear about a lot of these old kind of on-prem things where they had to go install a piece of hardware in the form of a server. You maybe were that same model, but you were installing TVs. Exactly, and we were in the. Our industry, we were the first to offer a SaaS product uh, in 2010 or earlier, I believe. Mm -hmm. so and when you, we've been doing it for a while. When you fast forward to today, I know you have a lot of different kinds of customers, but what does the average customer pay you per month just for the SaaS product? It's about, about $52 a month on average, but it's okay. quite a swing. So, But on average, it's about 52 Okay, and people might pay more or less depending on like what, how many displays or what are the things that make that variable? Um, the, the customers that have financial trading labs, they pay a lot more. We, we entered this business with Reuters to put Reuters data on the end of trading floors. Mm. So we have uh, agreements with Reuters to redistribute their data worldwide. So if you want that type of data, it's, it's a much more expensive package. That's interesting. And when did you decide that schools were an interesting opportunity for you? Um, well, the, the trading floors turned their displays outward to attract the public when banking got into finance and all of that kind of stuff. And then the schools started creating mini training labs to train students to go there. And they use them as a big, I don't know, barbershop pole to attract students for you know, their, their enrollments and all of this kind of stuff. So about 10 years ago, we started to notice that schools were far more interested in using our trading labs as trading labs started to decentralize and shut down than actual trading floors were. So um, yeah, about 10 years ago, the shift started to happen. I met Byron in the elementary schools and the secondary schools. Well, actually, no, um, it's post-secondary that okay. started the whole trading labs. But what's really interesting because of the financial literacy programs in the US, high schools are now putting in trading labs. So oh, this wow. started in the last couple of years. That's yeah. great. And so what have you scaled to now? How many customers? Uh, well, we're a freemium model. So uh, we've got just in a paying customer about 6,000 customers. And how many, give, give me the, it's, it's the number everyone always likes to share because it's always the big one. How many total free and, and paid? Uh, I think we're about, actually, I don't know, you, you can do this math far faster than I can, 54% <laughs> pay us. So whatever that number is, okay. that's the active phase. Got it. So the 12,000 that don't pay you, they put up their own TVs. They use your software for free. Basically there's about 6,500 of them and then about 6,000 others pay. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. So if 6,000 are paying 52 a month, what that puts your SaaS business at about 300 grand per month in revenue. Does that sound about right? Yeah. I think it's closer to 350. 350. Okay, great. And what's that look like from a growth perspective? So a year ago in October of 2017, what was monthly revenue? Um, we track our moving annual average growth. So it's on a, on that basis, it's 25%, 24 point something. 
Okay. So call it, maybe you were doing about 310,000 about a year ago, now doing 350. Something like Something that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And um, Byron, how have you done this? Your own capital or have you raised? I know we're just bootstrapped. Yeah. Well, why happen. do you say that's so bad? That's such a, that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I personally think it's a fantastic thing. So. Yeah. We were on a call the other day and, and that call was private. So I won't divulge details there, but um, we were kind of talking about and thinking about, you know, like why are people using venture debt and when does it make sense or when does it not make sense? Have you, do you work with any founders or have you talked to any other of your colleagues around venture debt and where it's been used effectively? Um, I think if you have the ability and a strategy, you and, and you can see a return on it, why not go for it? Um, so, you know, for us, and, and you and I have talked about this before, we're, we're at a crossroads where uh, we've got some really interesting things coming up. So we, we may look at to more expansion through debt financing, stuff like that, which is based on the exact same formula that any other entrepreneur should be using to evaluate that. But I not just I, debt, by the way, like entrepreneurs should use that formula for even venture. The big difference oh, yeah, is venture absolutely. is dilutive and debt is non-dilutive. However, there's an interest rate typically. My, my preference is, is the debt side, just because I'm a firm believer in the upside of, you know, controlling your destiny. Yeah, I'm, you and I are on the same page there for sure. Um, walk me through some other economics here. What's churn look like? Uh, not, not what we want it to be. So our uh, gross churn, or well, our logo churn is about one point three three percent monthly, and gross though is about four four and a half percent monthly. Sorry, you I, mean you mean net is one point three, gross is four? No, net is point six percent monthly. What was the four? The four is our gross MRR churn. Oh, yeah. So just to repeat that back to you, gross logo churn 1.3 per month, gross revenue churn 4% per month. Correct. Correct. Interesting. So that would tell me that you have higher paying customers churning. Yes. Those are the trading desks? Um, yeah. So the, the financial trading floors are starting to, to shut down uh, and move to, they're, they're decentralizing and there's yeah. less, less concentration of them. So yeah. What are you willing to pay to get a new $50 a month customer? Uh, what's our customer acquisition cost? Our ratio is 3.18 lifetime value to customer acquisition cost. And I know your math is way better than I, mine. Sorry. Well, that's okay. What do, you, do you know what you assume lifetime value is in terms of dollars? Uh, yeah, lifetime value... Uh, I love this, guys. You see, if you're watching the video, I love it when a CEO has notes. They know what to expect. He's ready. I I, I listen to your show daily. I know what you're going to do to me. Uh, our lifetime. Thanks, thanks for listening. By the way, I appreciate it. <laughs> oh no, it's my. We've talked. It's my morning coffee routine. Um, uh, book nineteen hundred dollars. Okay, got it. So lifetime value in terms of the dollars is nineteen hundred bucks. I can then obviously divide that by three, and it means you're willing to spend about six hundred bucks to acquire a fifty dollars a month customer. Exactly. Actually, I just double checked it. Yes, that's great. That would put your payback period at six hundred bucks of CAC, fifty dollars ARPU. What is that? So tw- about a twelve month payback. Not bad. Uh, I've got less than less than six. Okay, walk me through the math. How do you get that? Good question. I don't know. I would trust your math more. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. E- either way, uh, either way, it's obviously it's it's working. Um, 
the trick the trick it sounds like you're focused on now is how to how to get churn lower um absolutely everything we're doing right now is all about churn so so tell me some tell me, tell me about the test you're running right now that's going to decrease churn that you're most excited about um we're trying to make the experience completely effortless. So we call it an aha moment, which is when a display activates, which typically takes about a day to see something. Mm-hmm. We have a really ambitious goal internally of making that five minutes. So we're putting everything we've got into that. That's, I feel like that's really smart because then you can kind of model out. So just to be clear, what does someone need to use you? If someone's listening right now and they've got a TV above their kitchen, right, in their startup office, and they want to put like a dashboard up on there, can they use you? Absolutely. Okay. And so what is the actual tech? Like most people, what they would do is they would take like their reporting dashboard from Google spreadsheets. They would just airplay it onto a TV and that's what they would do. Yep. So like a really small, small form factor uh, or Chromecast, Chrome device, sorry, not Chromecast, Chrome device um, is what we would install our, what we call a player on, and it would connect just over the internet and pick up all your content and display it. Okay. And why, help me understand why people would have to wait for you to ship them that and kind of do that process versus just airplay. Oh, no, they- they, they, they don't have to wait for anything. If they've got everything... Um, like well, I'm assuming they don't, right? Assuming they don't have a Chromecast thing, right? They need that. But my point is, why don't they just airplay it? They, they can. It's just not very robust. So digital signage is 24-7. So uh, you really want to have a, a hardwired con- connection and a, you know, all that stuff. Otherwise, things happen. Okay. Um, interesting. So if you're experimenting with stuff, I think oh, go for it. But if you are looking for a 724 display that's reliable and monitored, you want to hardwire it. Yeah, yeah. What's the team size today? How many people? 35. 35. And where is everyone based? Everywhere. We're totally virtual. <laughs> totally virtual. That's great. All right, Byron, let's, uh, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? All time? Uh, yep. Probably good to great. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? No, I, I try to read a book a week. So That's pretty good. Number yeah. three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? I'm, I'm old school, so I'm going to say Trello. We, we live and die by our Kanban boards. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? About five. That's pretty good. And what's your situation? Married, single kiddos? Married, three, three children, and uh, you you'd probably go to the, to the bars with them. So uh, <laughs> I don't want to tell you how old they are. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll keep that between you and I. And how, how old are you, Byron? 56. 56. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, to read. I read. You don't have to figure anything out. It's all been written down by much smarter people. Read, read, read. Guys, there you have it from Byron. Rise Vision launched in 1992, first with a partnership on Reuters. Today, over 6,000 customers paying 50 bucks a month, doing about 350 grand in monthly revenue. That's up 20, 30% year over year. So about 310,000 bucks per month in revenue just about a year ago. They're bootstrapped, which I love. Gross logo churn, 1.3% per month, 4% gross revenue churn per month. So they're churning higher value customers, but they are actively working on how to bring that down by getting their activation from time zero to, you know, it all activated in value, an aha moment in under five minutes. Payback period is about six months, team of 35 based in all over the world, remote locations. Byron, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks for having me.